up? This is Will. <clears throat> oh, sounded like a, like a 85 years smoking old man there for a second. Will. This is Will. But anyways, this is Hot Talk Colorcast, a podcast where I ramble about whatever's on my mind. I kind of been, I've been falling into a little bit of a format. I don't know if it'll be a permanent format, but I've been kind of giving little life updates at the beginning. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know my wife Bree and I are currently in the process of trying to live completely mobile. So we've sold all of our stuff, sold our vehicles, bought a truck, and now we are looking to tow a trailer. We're basically, so we, we've been staying at like our family members' houses a week here, a week there. We've been that way for kind of like a month We got an Airbnb this week, just kind of with the mentality of we don't want to get used to not having rent to pay. Although we aren't going to have rent whenever we have the RV. It's more of just the idea of like not getting too comfortable on someone else's dime. It's all good, no worries. So you could hear Brie kind of coughing in the background. We got an Airbnb at a tiny house and... It's literally just like one 18-foot room and then a loft over top of that. It's kind of nice. We're in this like sleepy little country town. And uh, looking for the travel trailer. Recuperating. So we had had a trailer picked out. It was right at the top of our budget. Like we would be using up all of our trailer buying budget to buy it. It was 30 feet long. We ended up deciding that we're going to look for something a little bit shorter and cheaper because we don't need all that space it'll be a little bit difficult to maneuver it and be flexible with where we actually put it if we get that big and probably end up putting a couple thousand dollars into it once we have it just to get it equipped for whatever we need it to do whether we want to be at a developed campsite or whether we want to just be out in the middle of nowhere like we want to be able to do kind of whatever we need it to do so Back to looking for the right RV for us. So yeah, there's really not too much interesting going on there. I got pee. I've been finding electricity very interesting. For a while, I found it in her. Excuse me. I found it interesting for a while, in a very general sense. Like, how much do you know about electricity? Do you know how electricity works? Do you know the difference between AC and DC? Do you know how we even harness... Like, what even is it? Our whole world is kind of dependent on this thing. Modern life is dependent on this thing. And I feel like I personally kind of just take it for granted. I know it's here. I know it's useful. I don't really think about like how insane it is that we have captured pure energy and manipulated it to our will in order to basically do magic. It's not magic. It's just science. It's It <laughs> probably felt like magic at a certain point. When I think of Merlin, with his pointy hat and everything, you think of, like, wizards. They were basically just scientists in their time. You know, people who were just experimenting and messing around with substances and messing around with energy 
and matter. If you're one of the few people who figures out how to control or harness a substance to the point where you can make it do what you want it to, and no one else in the world knows how to do that thing, you're really going to seem like a magician. You're really going to seem like a wizard. But I think the number of people who really understand electricity to that level is a pretty small percentage of the population. And even those people, it's still a limited knowledge. Even like the, the most prestigious researcher on electricity, everything's still based on theory. That's how I've been thinking about it for a while. That's how it's been interesting to me for a while. But it started to become a very immediate thing in my reality. Because one of the major factors in living remote is managing electricity as a resource. The same way that you would manage the amount of water that you have, the same way you would manage the amount of food you have, you actually have to ration and make sure that you have enough electricity if you're trying to have the basic conveniences of modern living in your remote setup. So, as I've dug into it, I've just realized a lot of interesting stuff, like... Most of the time, how you interface with electricity doesn't really extend beyond, oh, this is the power adapter that came with this appliance, I'm just going to plug it into the wall and it'll be fine. But there's actually a lot of detail, like how many amps your appliance uses matters. If you don't have a power supply that's providing enough amperage, the thing won't work. And since most of our houses are just built to supply enough, we don't really think about that. Whenever you're creating a mobile setup, you got to think like, okay, how do I create this energy? Is it going to come from solar energy? Am I going to install solar panels and have those like recharge a battery that then sends electricity to my appliances? Am I going to have a generator that recharges a battery that sends energy to my appliances? If I get a generator, how do I make sure that I have enough power to power the things that I want. There are some generators that can power everything that you have in your RV, but they can't power like an air conditioning unit. Just the idea in general of like generators, like converting gas into electricity, like that is a completely bizarre thing to my brain. And I'm not like verbalizing any of this as someone who's an expert. It's just, I've had to, I've had to basically gain a little bit of an understanding, a better understanding, in order to know what I need to expect in order to equip this travel trailer the way I want it, once I have it. So that's really interesting. But I was thinking to myself, on the other side of all that research, I was thinking to myself, man, I, like, would really like to understand this even better because... Everything that I do with music, whenever I'm making music, I'm using electronics constantly. Whether it's like the interface to get my microphone into my laptop or like the speakers that I use. I'm constantly using electronic stuff with different adapters and plugs. And I don't know the significance of any of the little numbers on them. So I was thinking to myself like, man, when I get the time... I would really like to kind of get a better understanding of general electronics. But today, I got out my microphone and interface to record this podcast, and the power adapter for my interface had broken. The cable had snapped. 
So it was literally like, okay, well, <laughs> you wanted to figure that out? We'll figure that out now. So again, just like another round of research and another round of like learning more about different types of adapters and looking to buy a replacement adapter, like making sure, because you know, if you don't get the right one, it can really mess up your equipment. So I guess the interesting thing in all of this isn't really the details of the electronics. If you want to learn more about electronics, you're going to research that on your own. You aren't going to listen to me, someone who's just barely beginning to dabble in it, kind of ramble my way through it. The more interesting thing is just the fact that my pursuit in equipping a travel trailer well ended up supplying me with the base information I needed to not be panicked whenever my power supply, my power converter snapped. And I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Without my microphone, I can't record quality audio. The microphone I'm using right now is a USB microphone and it'll work fine for this podcast. But like, if I'm trying to get final vocals for like a song that I'm trying to release, probably not going to use this USB microphone, but it's all good. It's all good. I just like how I like it when I like it when things connect like that. This thing happened and it had potential to be an annoyance, but in my mind it was just kind of like, ah, this is that opportunity you were looking for to really gain a better understanding of this type of stuff. So the opportunity came quick. This Airbnb that we're in right now, like I said, it's a tiny house. And it's it was built in like the early 1800s. And it is bizarre. <laughs> this is like the roof is like made out of... Have you ever seen those nature documentaries where they show the birds that like make the nests out of their spit? They like take globs of their spit and just like dab them on the side of the cave. And then they have this nest that they sleep in. That's like literally what these walls look like. Brie and I think there might be a ghost in this house, but like a very friendly one. We think he's just kind of like messing with our dreams a little bit, but like just like giving us odd scenarios. Bree, didn't you have a really weird dream last night? Oh, you probably don't want to say that on the podcast, huh? Oh, uh, that little Wayne gave me a cup of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Will you come up and say it into the mic? Yeah, if you're comfortable with it. But my first dream wasn't about that. I forget what my first dream was. It was something silly. <sighs> the only thing I remember about my dream last night is that um, little Wayne handed me Will's mom's... Uh, Will's mom, first of all, was like pretty conservative. and she, has, But she has these really cute handmade coffee mugs. And little Wayne handed me her coffee mug with, like, the dankest of dank weed. And that's pretty much my dream. I don't know why, though, because I wasn't even listening to little Wayne. I didn't think about him at all yesterday. Like, I can't tell you the last time I put, like, thought into little Wayne. Well, if there is a ghost in this place, he's probably a pretty cool ghost in order to keep up on, like... 
popular music through the ages? Because he would be a ghost probably from like the 1800s, right? Well, if he's a ghost, I think he's a vibing ghost. A vibing ghost. Yeah, he's not like the poltergeist and like beats you up in your sleep. I think he just like, it could be a she, let's use genderless terms because it it could be, you know. It kind of feels like a he, but like it could be a she, but like it feels like a he. I think there's a reason we keep saying he, you know. Yeah. Actually, it makes sense because this, apparently, I did a little research on this house, and it used to be like a bandstand, like it didn't have a roof or anything, it was an outdoor bandstand that a guy would conduct a band from, and then they converted it into like a, I think like a storage place. It was a garage. Oh yeah, they converted it into a garage, and then a storage place, and now it's an Airbnb. Um, when the band conducting thing was going on, do you remember if that was at the beginning of the 1800s or the later end of the 1800s? Where did that fall in line, I want to know, with the 1812 war? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe we have a vibing soldier who was just playing his fiddle. That's possible. And has kept up with the music trends. He has to. Like, why would I dream of little Wayne? But he's still, like, a little bit behind. That's the thing. He is, like, a little bit behind because, like... Don't you disrespect know how, like, him in his house. No, 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 no. I'm not disrespecting him. I feel like little Wayne has actually aged pretty well. I'm talking about the ghost. Oh, okay. You're... I know. I'm not disrespecting <laughs> the ghost. Like, you could, you could slip in a little Wayne reference and you wouldn't be like, Okay, old man. You know, ghost, you're doing good. You're doing good. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know how, like, no matter how hip, us included, right? Like, we're in our mid-twenties. Like, there are certain things that we just will not find out as quick as, like, the average 17-year-old would, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like the older you get, the more of a... The delay more of a delay... Of pop culture... Yes, unless you really seek it out, in which case it's almost, like, worse. Well, you must be listening to Little Wayne No Ceilings mixtape. <laughs> like, is that even funny? Oh, I love you. Alright. <sighs> Friendly ghost. I don't even know if I believe in ghosts. But it's fun. I do. (laughs) I will say this is a tiny, this is a pleasant little tiny house. We're very comfortable and we're enjoying ourselves. I said, ooh, girl, boom, boom. Shock me like an electric eel. Baby girl. Electric eels. Everything about electric eels, like, they shouldn't exist. First of all, how does a creature have electricity inside of its body? Second of all, electricity and water aren't supposed to work together. How does the electric eel survive at all, being an electric entity? Have you ever dropped a toaster into water while it's plugged in? Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. 
But I'm just saying, that's not gonna end well. Like, what keeps the electric eel from being a toaster dropped into water? Nothing about them makes sense. That's a great question. Thanks. I was pretty obsessed with beanie, beanie Babies when I was younger. One of my favorite Beanie Babies was an electric eel. I had two of them, actually. They were twins. They were, uh, they were wingers on their soccer team. Like, I had, so I had, like, a, man, me and my little brother had, like, a whole family tree of Beanie Babies. It was actually pretty, uh, involved. We also, like, made soccer teams out of the Beanie Babies. My two twin eels both played on, like, the, if you know anything about soccer, the wing plays on, like, the outside of the field. And their role is they're normally, like, pretty fast, pretty versatile and dangerous, you know, because they can attack, but they also have to get back and defend a little bit. They're kind of working the outside of the field the whole time. They were, they were the wings. I think in my mind, since they were long, they could, like, cover the length of the field there and back pretty quickly. The crab was the goalie, obviously. I don't know who else would ever be the goalie. Did you ever see bed knobs and broomsticks? Bed knobs and broomsticks was like, okay, if you haven't watched it, highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's kind of like a better version of Mary Poppins. These kids, like, get on a magic bed, and they, like, twist the knob, and then they, like, go to these faraway lands, and some of them are animated. And they go to this jungle, and there's these teams of animals playing against each other. One of them is, like, a baboon. He just hangs on the goal, like, on the top of the goal, and just, like, swings around and kicks the ball. And the other goalie is an elephant, and the elephant just, like, catches it in its nose, and then shoots it back. And there's, like, a two-minute... I'm probably exaggerating. It's probably not two minutes. It's probably, like... A solid 30 to 45 seconds where they get into like a goalie duel. Gorilla is just like kicking it right at the elephant, and then the elephant catches it in its snout and like shoots it right back, and they just go back and forth, and the intensity kind of builds up. Dang. What a movie. I need to watch that movie again. Man, I don't know why I'm on like a childhood soccer association's kick right now but like did anyone ever read the franklin the turtle books there was a book where he had a soccer game i'm pretty sure he was the goalie too but i just remember there they didn't have shin guards they had knee pads it was the weirdest thing to me as a little kid who played soccer i could never figure out why these kids playing soccer had knee pads on i don't think you're really on your knees enough in soccer to necessitate it. But that was one of my favorite childhood books because of that. It's so interesting this t- t- the tiny subtle things that make like children memories so vivid. The things that I would like about a certain book that would make me return to it and just keep looking at it and want to read it. You know how like little kids will be if you I mean, some of you may not ever be around little kids, but, like, a kid wanting to have the same book read to them every single night. Like, what about that particular book makes them want to read it? And I know, I know exactly what it is. Like, I'm still close enough to my childhood memories to remember those certain things that were, like, this very specific detail of the character on a certain page. 
the color of those knee pads. I remember Franklin's knee pads were yellow and the other teams were purple. Just very specific things. I guess it doesn't really change much as you're an adult. Maybe it's not like a children's book or whatever, but it's like your preferred, whatever you get your media from. There's probably something a while back that really grabbed you and got you and caught you and held you there. But it doesn't carry the same type of emotion necessarily as it did when you were a kid. I think like when you're a kid, you're looking at the thing and you're just liking it. Or you're just feeling about it. And it's not like there isn't a box in your brain for how to intellectualize that emotion. It's just like you see it, you like it, or you don't like it. Whatever it is, you just feel something about it. And you just have to keep returning to it, you know? But it's not for anything. You don't get anything out of it necessarily. You can't... You don't understand what you're getting out of it in that moment. And I feel like as an adult, that turns into something where you know what you're getting out of it, or you think you know what you're getting out of it, whether it's information or entertainment or just whatever. You find yourself drawn back to certain things. But there's normally a directive tied back to it. Like there's a, you know you're feeling, whether it's fear or whether it's lust or whether it's like, Distract. I don't know. This is, this is a hard one to verbalize. This is a hard one to put my finger on. I'll use... Okay. I've been listening to an artist named Dominic Fike a lot lately. Big artist. One of the biggest artists out there right now. I heard it. There was something about it that makes me want to keep listening to it. And I keep coming back to it. And I keep coming back to it. And I keep listening. I don't know if that's a good example. But I'll leave it in the podcast because if you haven't listened to his music, I do think it's really good. Let me try to come up with a better example. You know, as I'm looking for an example, I don't think I don't think I diagnosed it right at first. I think nostalgia's constantly happening. I don't think that goes away as an adult. At least not yet for me. And as I've observed, not yet for a lot of the people around me. You still have things, like, I'm 26, I have things that, when I was 19, I liked just because I liked that I look back on now, and it's like, it's that same feeling I feel when I think about how I made the crab a goalie, or Franklin's knee pads. I don't think it turns into anything else at all, actually. I think I drew, I was wrong. To be blunt, I think I drew a strained association. I just wonder, I wonder what that's going to feel like the older I get. When I'm like 80, if I make it to like 80 or 90, what am I going to be nostalgic for? Am I going to be able to create new nostalgias? And if I am creating new nostalgias, like where do those get cashed in, you know? If you believe in reincarnation, then maybe the nostalgia you have when you're old is felt when you're a newborn. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else. Have a good rest of your week.